The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, it's the conference finals. We're here. They are electric. For very, very different reasons. Out in the West, the suns are rolling. And in the East, the Hawks are for real? For real? Like for really, really? Very real. Uh, we also look around the league and find that Alex Caruso, the GOAT, has been arrested. Uh, Kyle Kuzma has, might be on the move. And the Pacers and the Celtics have brand new coaches. So we're going to dig into all of that. But beforehand, let's drop the beat. finals are here we could not have three better games marty to start things off let's start in the west where marty's okay. phoenix suns have won their ninth ninth in a row going ninth for 10 tonight consecutive game in a row tonight i will have phoenix minus one and a half i don't want to mush it but i feel like that's a lock with chris paul coming back I like it. It's a bet on Monty Williams, basically, because this is a classic letdown spot, especially with CP coming Absolutely. back and there may be problems. And there's, of course, the factor that the Clippers have come back from 2-0 twice already in the playoffs. But just Monty's been great at this all year. I I, I can't bet on it because I don't I just can't bring myself to bet a Suns playoff game. But I like I like Suns tonight. So do I. It is like the entire first round was trash. And then we all all of a sudden in the second round and now in the conference finals just have like really, really, really exciting basketball. Like the first round was awful. And yeah. now it's it's amazing hoops, like amazing fo- hoops. Suns Clippers had pretty much every single thing you could want in a game. Tight back and forth, lots of fireworks, bodies on the floor, bodies. Oh, yeah. Paul George, <laughs> Paul George reverting to Paul George for, I mean, DeAndre Ayton emerges as a superstar. Both those two things together for me. Great. I like Paul. I'm so bad. I like Paul George failing. I think it's more fun for the league when Paul George fails and when he succeeds. It's just more funny. It was very, it was very funny. And he's for, been playing well in the series. That's yeah. the other funny part. If you're looking for but. comedy, Paul George missing two free throws down the stretch is funny. It is. It is. It's like, ah, there you are. We found you. I mean, if he just made one, it would have gone OT. Yeah, it would have gone OT. Yeah. It's like when that chick uh, in Wedding Crashers is like, I'll find you. And then, of course, we get the pass earlier in the in the season, earlier in the playoffs. And now we have the Valley Oop. Woo. All right. So let's kind of go into it. First, I want to get your thoughts all the way through this this like sort of sequence. Okay. Final 90 seconds of game two took 33 right, yeah. minutes of real time. Yeah. I don't know if you could quite call it a sequence. If it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last 9.2 seconds took 22 minutes. 
So if you're a casual NBA fan, you're like, this is fucking awful. Like, what am I doing here? It's late. This is in the West Coast. Like, what is happening? Oh, yeah. If you're casual, you're tuning out in two seconds. Two yeah. seconds. Five buckets, five reviews. Uh, also, Scott Foster, if you're – are do you believe me now? Do you believe me? Are you starting to come around to my point? I, mean, I was never against the idea that Scott Foster is trash. He's he's up to some tomfoolery. Yeah. I think the only thing for sure I can say is that when you see Scott Foster is refereeing a basketball game in the playoffs, bet the under. Just bet the under <laughs> every single time. Like and and max bet the under because it's that certain. It's not a a hot take to say that it appears that the refs did everything that they could to get the Clippers to win that game. Because that's how it felt to me, and I'm not a Suns fan like you. Uh, it, it seemed a little like that, but the funny thing is like everyone everyone who's a Clippers fan and Clippers Twitter all are convinced that I it mean, was all come on meant for the Suns to win. And I, no, I just don't no really – Yeah, no, I just – No way. I don't know. Some of the calls like that that Booker offensive foul, that it was a little weird they stopped the play. First of all, Devin Booker – had three offensive fouls. They should have been zero. <laughs> I the one I actually sort of agreed with at the very end. The one that we're talking about was being reviewed, but it was weird. Oh, the that one they on like, Patrick Beverly. Yeah, but it was weird that they like stopped the play without even calling a foul and all that. Yeah, it was just strange. And then that out of bounds call on Pat Beverly. They actually called a similar thing. I think it involved Pat Beverly against LeBron on Christmas this year, where it's just okay. He it may have gone off. His Booker's fingers, but like Beverly hit it out. Yeah, like I think yeah, we should change that rule. I think so too. So I'm not going to refresh the conspiracy theories again about like how Chris Paul zero for eleven in his last games that Foster is refed in the playoffs and suspiciously wasn't playing in games one and game two. But the Lee is doing itself zero favors when they put Scott Foster in these situations because like they always seem to be suspicious and they always seem to have him attached to him. And the league just needs to say, listen, Scott, like we love you and all, but you can't be a part of these games. Like you just can't. Because I mean, if I suck at my job here, I'm going to get fired. Absolutely. Like- <laughs> and like if you have come up short in huge moments to the point where you have tarnished the league or tarnished this company as a result of your performance. They're not going to put you in the biggest moments in the brightest spots. Like, fuck no, you're going to go over there to whatever. Like, cut some random Snapchat stories. Like, okay. Uh, It felt like 100% this was steal it before CP3 gets back. Oh, yeah. No. (laughs) First long reviews, overturn of calls. uh, But, man... So that over that review or that that uh, overturning, like you said, where Pat Beverly mm-hmm. hit it off of Devin Booker, and then all of a sudden, now instead of the Suns having the ball, Clippers have the ball. They're up one with eight point second eight point two seconds left. Paul George is on the free throw line. PG had just hit a long three with twenty two seconds left. Ninety percent free throw shooter. Suns ice cold right them at that moment. I texted Marty. Rutro, it was something to that effect. Like, yeah. oh no, this is so bad. Or like, wow. And Marty's response was the most confident, almost like I thought you were minutes ahead of me. It, like I was like, <laughs> am I on really bad delay? Because you were like, we're still going to win. Yep. And it was just like, oh, okay. I just had a weird feeling. I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. I mean, I also stay Positive. remarkably optimistic throughout the course of a game. So. 
I'm the opposite. It's probably that, but yeah. I'm the exact opposite. And of course, all I wanted to say is like, you are tripping, tripping, you know? But I was like, you know what? Positive vibes only for Marty. Like, I'm a pseudo Suns fan now. The Blazers are out. Positive vibes only. And then Paul Clifton George missed them fucking both. Badly, too. Badly. When you saw that, what were you thinking? Uh, I mean, I was just going nuts with the fact that he missed both. Like, I, I was just praying for, obviously, in that situation, you just wanted to miss one. You don't even get to the point in your head where you're thinking miss two. And then when he did, I'm just, then it's like, okay, like we're a Devin Booker jump shot away from winning now. Like, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it was like, oh no, PG worst case scenario for PG sons get the ball plenty of time. They get to call a timeout, set up a play, get a snazzy two, two pass sequence to Mikhail Bridges for an open corner three and then clank. And then all of a sudden now, there is a another out of bounds call. Another out of bounds call. Which I was worried about this one. Yeah, actually, and I'm a like, lot. what's going to happen with this? Is it going to just be nothing? And now Monty Williams has has a chance to just call something up. Point nine seconds. We know the ball is going to eight, and that's the only thing that can happen. It's that's not, what I was thinking. No yeah. way that Devin Booker has enough time to get a jumper, and you know that they're going to probably swarm him. So Devin Booker is the decoy. That's the screen that he sets on Zubak. Like a grown-ass man making Zubak his bitch, which people thought was, like, illegal, I think, to a degree. They thought there was something up with that. They, people thought that Aiden, like, tugged his jersey a little bit, which that, just, that happens every single play. Shut it happens up. every like. single time. And then Jay Crowder with the pass of the century over DeMarcus Cousins at an angle, at a weird spot on the floor, like... Almost impossible. It was like that far from the backboard. Yeah. Like the, the the window that he had to fit that in was so small. It's tight. And for DeAndre Ayton then to go up, alley-oop it, dunk took 0.2 seconds. Fucking insane. That was the most cathartic sports watching moment I think I've ever had. Because, I mean, I've talked about it before, but I mean, we drafted him three years ago over Luka. It's been highly criticized. He's been highly criticized for it. Uh, the big things that we get on him for is that he's not aggressive. He doesn't dunk. He's not, he doesn't assert himself in big moments. And the, he just, it was like th- three years of just basketball, like existential just dread, like left my body in one instance. It was it was, it was complete. Like, euf- it was complete euphoria. It was complete euphoria. Yeah, I, I, I think I just said out loud, like you were the right pick, like, and it felt really fucking good. <laughs> and it's like this. Yeah. This is the reason. And yeah. truthfully, the Phoenix Suns would be in a very different spot if they didn't have a big man like DeAndre Ayton. This offense would not run the same. We talk about Mikel Bridges being a, a massively undervalued trade, amazing trade, but. DeAndre Ayton at number one, finally coming to fruition in a way where these other guys are, besides Trey, like Luca's not in the playoffs anymore. And you don't need another guard. You had Devin Booker. Ayton was the right pick. Takes centers a long time to develop. And holy shit, I'm telling you, he's going to be a top three big, especially two way big, 70% from the, from, from field goal or field goal percentage all the way through the playoffs. Like, how do you put some respect on his name? Absolutely. I think there's an argument that he's the second best, like, pure five. Yeah. Yeah. Who's number one in your mind? Embiid. Yeah, Embiid. Yeah. Absolutely. But. Well, hey, hey, hey Jokic is there. Never Jokic mind. Never mind. I'm not, I'm not trying to approach that. But Yeah, I would say he's top three. And I would say at some point, depending on Jokic or um, Embiid's health, he, he might end up being two very soon, like in the next three to five years. And now we get 
tonight or yesterday, <laughs> depending on how you want to look at it, because the episode is coming out tomorrow morning. Uh, we've got Masked Booker tonight. Yep. Which Kobe was masked, Braun was masked, Kawhi was masked. I am very much looking forward to Kobe reignited <laughs> to another level with a mask on. I hope it's purple. I hope it's Ooh. fucking purple. Didn't they get mad at LeBron for wearing a black one, though, a few years ago? Yeah, but somebody else did, too. I think Kawhi, somebody else. Right, yeah, let's hope it's weird. I yeah. want it to be purple yeah. or like purple and, and yellow or gold or whatever. Yeah. Suns keep rising. I am here for it. I have Suns winning by seven Ooh. tonight. You know, because of all the free throws and shit. <laughs> Man, the Hawks had to have been one of the most slept on teams coming into this game. They were eight and a half points underdogs at the opening line. I mean, when you saw that, were you feasting, Marty? I uh, was feasting. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I mean, Milwaukee is great at home, as we know, yep. but Atlanta has won two consecutive first games in the playoffs so far, and Trey Young, is, his confidence is only rising. Yeah, no, when I saw it at eight and a half, I was just like, how? Who's making this? It was, yeah. it was lock. It was lock city. Yeah. I had eight and a half, and then I had the money line. I was like, I feel nice. so good about this. I feel really, really good about eight and a half. Well, I feel really, really good about the money line, and I feel like this is... A no no brainer situation at eight and a half. I took eight and a half, and I took John Collins over twenty four and a half points, rebounds, assists, and that was over quickly as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And Trey Young, what a day! Bucks opened at minus five hundred to advance to the finals. Oof. I think the main thing, because I don't want to break everything down, but like the main point or main moment that stuck out to me was that shimmy, like. <laughs> Uh, Trey when he was Young, open, yeah. Trey Young just absolutely cooking everyone, cooking Drew. And I know what that was. Obviously, it was like Drew trying to cheat over the screen, and then all of a sudden he crosses back. So disrespectful. But why the fuck? So much time he had, seconds of time to just stand there, shimmy it off, shake off the rust, and shoot a three. What are these dudes doing? Why are they not coming up to defend Trey Young? He should not have had time to do that and get the shot off clean. <laughs> like, <laughs> Giannis apparently pissed. He said he got on his team at a dead ball and was like, what are we doing? Like, we're supposed to be tr shutting this Trey Young guy down. He has 48 points on us. Like, he's not only shooting threes and he was cold. I had a lot of like, I think he was what, three, four for 13 from three. So he wasn't even fantastic, but he was getting floaters. He was doing all kinds of shit, and they gave him anything he wanted. If he had two more threes, this game's a blowout. Like, <laughs> Hawk shot 25% from three. Missing open looks everywhere. No way they continue to do that, right? Like, they're going to get hot at yeah, some point. They're not gonna, yeah, no, they're not going to continue to shoot that low. He was bricking a lot of 30-footers, though, he which was. was weird. I mean, like, like, he obviously had 48. He had a great game. We're not going to take away from it, but... Yeah. Yeah. Bogdanovich, one for six. Kavon Herder, one for one for six from three as well. Um, I also have a new conspiracy I'd like to talk about. Okay. Finserv Arena. What's going on there? Have you noticed that there's something on the rims where uh the visiting visiting team just seems to have a hard time <laughs> making threes? Like have I would you have noticed? To look at, I would have to look at stats. I mean, is it bad? Don't don't worry about it. I've yeah. got you. Teams with a plethora of sharpshooters, uh, Nets, Hawks, Heat, all ice cold in Milwaukee. Open looks, clank clank. 
not even getting highly defended where the crowd is getting into it. Net shot 28% in Milwaukee from three. Hawk shot 25% last night from three. Brooklyn, 40% from three all year. Atlanta, 37% from three all year. Net shot better than their season average at home against the Bucks in the playoffs at 41%. So this is not a defense thing. <laughs> this is a fencer arena thing. This is like when you go to March Madness, right? And it's like the Elite Eight, Final Four, and they have it inside of like... A football stadium. Yeah. And then the optics of it all are fucked up. Depth perception. Depth perception changes and you're like sunken in and all of a sudden you have a hard time making threes. That there's or maybe it's the humidity. Maybe it's like Lake Michigan. Is it Lake Michigan? Yeah. Lake Michigan. Yep. Like the mountain effect on a golf course. Mm. There's something going on there. Just keep an (laughs) eye tomorrow. Humidity. There's something. Because these teams should not be missing as much as they are. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's something to watch out for. Something to watch out for. Also, another piece of news. If you would have bet early on the Hawks to get to the finals, at one point you could have gotten it for 12,000 plus 12,500 to okay. get to, into the finals. Yeah. 125 to one. <laughs> one guy, I guess, put 101, 100 to one and also 40 to one. So if the Hawks make it to the finals, this guy makes like $1.2 million. They just have to make it? They don't Uh, have to win it all. What a ticket. What a fucking ticket. It's looking good for him. I'm rooting for him. You've got to hedge a little bit there. If you're going to make a million, you got to hedge a little bit. Yeah, what do you think he's hedged with? I don't know. It would have to present itself. (sighs) I know. I mean, maybe he's just a huge Hawks fan. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you can't just put up that much money. You just rock it. I mean, that's not responsible. That's not responsible gambling. No, it's not. I just bet the Suns and and the and the uh, Hawks to both go to the finals. Plus two fifty on the Suns. Plus six fifty on the Hawks. I know one of them will hit. I know one of them will hit. Uh, looking forward, I think more of the same. The one thing that I think is weird is like people haven't watched the Hawks all year. They haven't for some reason. They're test or their scouting report on the Hawks is wrong. Like I was talking to a friend who's a Milwaukee Bucks fan. He's like, "Oh, I'm not worried." Vegas isn't worried. I'm not worried. Like, you know, this is a one-dimensional team. Like, the Hawks aren't a one-dimensional team. No. What do you mean? Like, they might be one of the most balanced teams in the NBA. They hit threes. They hit mid-range floaters. They hit mid-range runners. They slash. They kick out. They throw lobs. Like, what does this team not do? Yeah, and Collins is good for, like, one or two, like, offensive rebound putbacks a game as well. hundred percent. No, they've got a lot of ways to score, for sure. Tons of weapons. Tons of weapons. And then he was like, oh, well, this tra- this team goes as far as Trey goes. Well, Trey Young, if I had to remember and remind him, uh, he was two for 11 from three, five for 23 overall in game seven. Um, who won that game again? <laughs> Hawks won that game. Uh, also, game four, Trey was three for 11 from three, eight for 26 from the fields, 18 assists, dub. Doesn't matter. Trey Young can. That's also just a dumb thing, though. Yeah, you're gonna live and die by your best player. I mean, that's gonna happen. But like, that's like being like, you know, if Chris Paul and Devin Booker don't have good games, and Suns are gonna be fucking trash. Yeah, 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 it'll be tough. (laughs) It will be tough to win if our number one scoring option doesn't score. But Trey Young with like damn near twenty assists. God damn. Um, but yeah, I think like people haven't been watching because the Hawks weren't good all year. They were like one of these surprise teams because of the change in Nate McMillan. And that one point they were like 12th in the East. I remember it being like 
yikes. We were not thinking things were going to be good. So, yeah, don't sleep on this roster. Uh, prediction time. I have Hawks in seven. Yeah, I just, I think that they are, you know, it's weird. Like, as, an, as a side road, Giannis is such a different human when he's at Fincer versus anywhere else. Yeah. Like, he is so much more aggressive at home. Not to say that this doesn't counter, like, isn't a counter to my thought that the Hawks would win at home or win, win on the road in seven. But, like, Giannis, it could be, it could be Hawks in six. I don't know. Because Giannis looks like a whole other vibe mentally when he's on the road and people aren't, aren't cheering for yeah. him. Do I'm excited that? for it. I'm excited for it. Do you notice that, though? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. A couple of pieces of news. Let's move on. One I must discuss in detail. <laughs> All right. So Brad Stevens, brand new GM, hires Ime Udoka. Great pick. Everybody knows he's a good pick. I think he's like one of the sleeper head coaching candidates that should have gotten look for looks for a while now. Um, I like it a lot. Me too. And then our favorite ESPN analyst, Jay Williams, comes out of the box <laughs> with a tweet uh, congratulating Ime Udoka. And he says... My lord, man, I tell you what. The first head coach of color for the Boston Celtics, brown fist emoji with the not with the fingers out and uh even and dot 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 ampersand. This is important. Dot 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 ampersand. Even more importantly, ellipses again. He is one talented dude who has paid his dues three dark I guess medium skin dark clapping emojis. Um, <laughs> Jay Williams, uh, he, he's not even close to the first coach of color at all. Like you've got ML Carr, Bill Russell, Casey Jones, Doc Rivers, all coaches of color. Tough, tough look for Jay Williams. No. Um, so did he come clean? No, Say, no, he did not. <laughs> Say, hey, that was really bad tweet. I wasn't even thinking. I just have been thinking about Brad Stevens for so long. No, no. Here's what he did. Like a couple of hours later, he let it sit for hours, which was wild, right? Like this tweet was out there for like 120 minutes, which is a long time in Twitter land. Like they screen cap your tweets in 45 seconds at this company. This is what he says. As it relates to the Boston Celtics tweet that came from my account a couple of hours ago, dot, dot, dot. I did not post that ampersand. My passcode has now been changed. Same ellipses and the ampersand. So the hacker, according to Jay Williams, uses the exact same type of context and uh, symbols in his tweets as Jay Williams, (laughs) which is, you know, very, very. Good hacking. Big Cat tweeted, oh, my God, he actually went this route. Incredible. Um, And then Twitter gets involved like Twitter does, which I thought was actually the best part. God, they were funny. Did you read some of them? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was going wild. One of them was like, dude, I finally hacked into a celebrity's Twitter. Holy shit, dude. What are you going to do first? Congratulate the Celtics new coach (laughs) inaccurately. It will be hysterical. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) And then I'm going to immediately delete it after tweeting it. But why would you? Dude, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) But like you'll send another tweet, right? Nah, why would I? Uh, I guess you do you. <laughs> Another thread. Hey, everyone. I want to just say that I did this. I dedicated the last three years of my life to hacking Jay Williams' Twitter account just so that I could post one embarrassingly wrong tweet from his account about the coaching history of the Boston Celtics. 
I appreciate and then the guy responds I appreciate you that you made it embarrassingly wrong but then you didn't go too far over the top to make sure that people would disbelieve the hacking <laughs> explanation which of course is completely true really threaded the needle there <laughs> I appreciate a hacker with class hacked it made a congratulatory tweet and then logged out a true gentleman in hacking very considerate of you to spend all that time hacking, but leaving his password the same so that he could get back in and change it. <laughs> See you in another three years. You have work to do. Man. So I guess to me, the only person besides Jay Williams responsible for this tweet, they say that murder and love rarely happen between strangers. I think the same thing could happen for Twitter hacking. And I would say the only one Twitter hacker exists that would make sense. Very close to Jay Will. As Jay Will has said, like they are friends for a long time, uh, has a longstanding grudge with Jay Will, is active and knowledgeable about Twitter and how it works, has fallen victim to the platform once before, has a very singular goal as it relates it relates to Jay Williams. His only goal is to destroy Jay Williams' reputation <laughs> in very small, very minute, subtle, minor ways eroding the people's confidence about his credibility about the game of basketball. <laughs> it's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant hacked into Jay Williams' Twitter. He probably asked him for his passcode and Jay Williams just gave it to him. That would be the best if this, if that's actually what happened. That would be so fucking funny. <laughs> Genius move. And Kevin Durant would be the one to study like how he tweets, like using his types of emojis. The uh, he color. would do it right. He yeah. would do it right for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yep. So anyway, um, another coaching hire was the Indiana Pacers. Poor Nate Bjorkren smeared, cost him his job. The rumored favorite was Terry Stotts. But instead, who we got was Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle. Things are strange. Things are very, very strange with this hire. Back to Indy. Back to Indy. What did they say? There was like things that were relevant in 2006 and are now relevant again in 2021. And the first one was, uh, it was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, and now Rick Carlisle in the Pacers. They signed him four years, twenty nine million, and now he gets to keep the fourteen million from Dallas too. Uh, I thought that was odd that Dallas would allow someone who quit his job with two years left and gets to keep $14 million. To me, that's like slightly strange. A little bizarre. Um, You know, <laughs> Tim McMahon said Mark Cuban does not want to complicate Carlisle's quest for a new opportunity. Something strange. Like Mark Cuban's not like the most generous guy in the world <laughs> in terms of like keeping, keeping, allowing guys to keep money. So I think something's going on there. What do you think's going on there? Uh... <sighs> Honestly, like, I don't I don't know. This is my first time really thinking about it. I mean, there could be a lot of stuff. I'm not really sure. So I did a little searching. I thought at first that meant that there was some stink on Dallas, which there probably still is stink on Dallas, meaning they're not going to fuck with Rick Carlisle because Rick Carlisle knows too much. But I texted my friend. I was like, hey, what's up with Dallas? What's up with Rick Carlisle? And the response was he never quit. Dallas fired him. Yep. And they're just protecting him being like, oh, yeah, he totally left on his own. So. Interesting, interesting, interesting. The only thing that I have to say is like, what's happening with Luca? Luca's now got to sign a $201 million Supermax extension five years. He said he was going to do it at the end of the season. 
and now nothing. <laughs> chirp, 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 chirp. I, I still expect him to sign, but that is bizarre. He said he was upset about Donnie Nelson being fired. He's known him since he was a kid, and it was Nelson who ended up being the one responsible for drafting him. Uh, I don't make the decisions, he said, in a way that can be seen as either truthful or ominous. I don't know. The longer, though, that he goes without signing, the more suspicious and nervous I think everyone will get. Yes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, Tuesday night, maybe one of the most boring NBA-related shows of all time. The NBA <laughs> Draft Lottery. Yes? Yeah, no, I mean, it's I mean, it's never really that awesome. It's just it, it, when your team's in it, it's the most stressful thing in the entire universe. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, no, just this is my first time watching it like without like an active, you know, rooting interest. And yeah, pretty boring. I miss the ping pong balls. It's better when they're all there in the same room, too. It was weird. I, I mean, I miss Patrick Ewing, like hovering over that 1950s bingo machine, waiting for this orange ball to declare that once again, the Sacramento Kings are getting the lottery pick with David Stern and conspiracy theories and these frozen envelopes and like crowd anybody booing every time the Knicks ever, their Knicks name is ever mentioned. But we've got instead we've got like envelopes and like Mark Tatum. Mark Tatum is maybe the boringest guy. To ever announce names. He said it like I was like, is this from prior years? I thought I thought it was like highlights of the NBA draft lottery, the way that they just <laughs> rushed through it. Yeah, I mean, it just was like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, well, that's how the first like 10 picks typically go. They do that really quickly and then they drag out the final four or final. It's final four now. But uh, yeah, no, I think Mark Tatum seems like a nice guy, actually. He is. Guy. Yeah. That does not mean he's electric on the mic. You can no, be not. really nice. I've met him. Very nice guy. I have nothing bad to say about the NBA or Mark Tatum. However, I have an idea. I'm planning on calling the NBA league office and saying, I have someone who would be much better, and his name is Dave Portnoy. Dave I would be good at it. Dave would be incredible reading off the names. It could be an event. <laughs> it would be sold. I don't know who would want to advertise with that, but I bet it would be a lot of people. Like, could you imagine the NBA hiring Dave? And and like you've got former and current players sitting in those leather chairs <laughs> waiting for him to announce in an envelope. And he's just trolling about how, like, you tanked all year long and you thought you were getting the number two pick and you're actually getting the number 14 pick. And, like, imagine it's, like, Dan and it's Chicago getting 14. <laughs> like, could you imagine? It would set NBA Twitter on fire. It for would. Sure. And then you'd have him, like, taking shots at LeBron James when the Lakers aren't anywhere near the lottery at all. He'd probably have, like, seven LeBron ricochet shots about how he was responsible for whoever not getting the number one spot. Like, or he comes out of the gate and he's just shit talking potential players that are going to get drafted by that organization. Like, good luck with Cade Cunningham. He lost <laughs> me two and a half units and fucking <laughs> last year's Mark Mattis. He's trash. He's god awful. He stinks. That guy stinks. You better not take Cade Cunningham at one. Yeah, you'd go after Cade. There's no doubt about that. No yeah. joke. Speaking of which, I was asking this before we started recording. Like, do you think that, that there exists in the NBA of the face of a bust. I do. I associate it more with uh, NFL players than NBA, though. Like, I, I can't think of an NBA guy that I've thought that about. I thought that about James Wiseman because he looks kind of lost. 
Like he looks sort of like a deer in headlights. I've talked about that before. I think Cade has a face of a bust. I like Cade. I think he's going to be really good. I do. I like him as well, but I think he's got the face <laughs> of a bust. I'm not saying he will be. I'm just saying that his face gives him bust vibes. I'm not saying that his play does. I'm not saying that anything else besides his face. I can sort of see it. You I know can what sort of, I'm saying? I can sort of see it. It's kind of like Marvin Bagley had the face of a bust. Do you see where I'm going with this? Where their eyes aren't fully, like there's no, you look at them and it's almost like there's nothing. Like the lights are on and no one's home. And maybe it's just <laughs> nerves. I don't know. But I see a lot of videos of, of Kate and I'm like, Hello. Is this thing on? I don't know. He's uh good luck. I don't know. I don't know. So here's the here's how the um numbers shook out. Number 14 Warriors, 13 Pacers, 12 Spurs, 11 Hornets, 10 Pelicans, 9 Kings, tough for the Kings. Yeah. Tough for the Kings. Magic 8 Warriors end up getting 7. Could be better, could be worse, of course. Uh OKC gets 6. Ma- yeah, it's tough too. Magic gets five. Cannot believe the Raptors squeaked out four. That is fucking crazy. Yeah, that's they sick stole for them. that. That's sick for them. Also tough for the Pelicans. And all of a sudden, they got Zion. They, they have Zion. No, they don't yeah. need it. But and I, the, the, they defied all odds to get Zion. They can fuck off. Yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers at three. I swore there was gonna, they were going to be one. I knew. I, I just. Thought, I hate them too. They suck. Rockets at two. At least it wasn't 17 for the Rockets. Like, there was a chance for them to have 17. Also, people very mad at me that I called the number two slot, like, the the dead zone of the draft. I mean, <laughs> you still would rather be there than 17, no of doubt course. about it. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's been there's been some classic busts at two, but that's not a reason to not want the two pick. No, I mean, not in this draft, but tough. Pistons. God damn. Thank God. Like, I love this for the Pistons. Me too. They need it. Troy Weaver, man, I swear, like, the Pistons won 20 games, but they were one of the best 20-game win- winning teams I've ever seen. Yeah, no, they would have good nights, no doubt about it. Yeah, no, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm bullish on the Pistons' future. They had seven of those games that they won. Seven out of 20 of those games were against playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Boston twice, Phoenix once, Miami once, Philly once, Lakers once, Nets once. They can ball. They can ball. Troy Weaver is killing. Anyone who gambled on the Pistons knew they were double-digit underdogs a lot. And that was like, I know we can't say free money, but it was like kind of like free money. Um, <laughs> I know that's like not what I'm supposed to say. Uh, Weaver said that he, the thing that I thought was interesting is that Weaver said he values G League guys differently than he does college guys. Yeah. Rut row. Rut row. I don't know. I think there's a possibility that, that Pistons trade out of that spot. You can't trade the number one pick. When was the last time that happened? Isn't that I mean, what happened with? But like yeah. that was, but that was a weird situation with LeBron. Like you don't trade the number one pick. You shouldn't. But what do you think the chances are that they take Jalen Green at one? Slim. Slim. Yeah. You think they take Cade? I think Cade's that good. Did yeah. you hear that Cade said he's not going to work out for anyone but the Pistons? Fuck him. That's a bust face move. Nah, That's a bust De- face move. Aiden pulled that move. Yeah, but like I like Aiden. Aiden did not have a bust face. No. He had a great, smiley, locked in, very engaged face. Very old looking face. <laughs> he looks very old. I have a friend who looks like him. Other interesting tidbit is that the Cavs are looking to actively trade out of three. So I guess that means they just don't want Jalen Suggs. Yeah, I mean. I mean, they have too many guards. Yeah. Kobe Altman 
playing smart, I guess. I think if they draft, it's being reported that they're going to take Mobley, and then that means Jared Allen is on his way out. I don't hate that. But Mobley could easily go second. He could easily yeah, go second. So what are you going to do then? can't plan on that. You can't yeah. plan for Mobley. No. I mean, they're going to get fucked. I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, it's a bad spot. It, I mean, three is like the the like if you have two point guards on your team and you're drafting third, which is where the Cleveland Cavaliers are, you're fucked. Who you lo- you lose your options at that point. Yep. I guess they go get Jalen Green. Yeah, but who knows yeah, who he no, is? No, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's tough to say that like they're fucked, but I mean, they also took a Coro. But eh, I, I mean, you're know. still. Yeah, I mean, you're too many multiple um, pieces of the same. Yeah. Like, they just literally like the same guys over and over. <laughs> also, Colin Sexton apparently wants max money and no one was is willing to do a tra- sign-in trade for him. Some executive said he is uh, Lou Williams off the bench at best. Yikes. That's maybe the most disrespectful thing. The number, what was he, five or six? He got picked up sixth? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, draft is Thursday, July 29th. We're going to do an episode that... Uh, before that, before it drops, me and Marty are going to make some mock predictions. Uh, Marty, this is the first year that Marty doesn't give a fuck about the draft because his team is has no relevance in sight. Mine doesn't really have any. We never have any picks. We traded our pick for Robert fucking Covington, so I don't care about the draft. You don't care about the draft. I'm still going to get excited for but it. But we'll get excited. We'll get excited. I'm excited for Jalen Suggs. I'm excited for Jalen Green. I'm not excited about, about Evan Mobley. I don't like big men, mostly. We'll like see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Um, lot popping around the league right now. Lakers in the news again. God damn, Texas. Why do they do this? Like, why? Why? I don't understand. Tuesday night, Texas A&M University police arrested Alex Crusoe, which was technically on A&M <laughs> property at the university, the, the airport, uh, in College Station. In the College Station airport. Uh, and he ended up having to pay a cash bond of $3,552. <laughs> Why are university police trying to act like they're fucking federales over here? Like, <laughs> this is Alex Crusoe with some weed ground up in an herb grinder. Like, what are we fucking doing here? I mean, you try to fly with that stuff. I mean, it's, it's risky business. You know, we all know that. What he needed was someone like me, because he's still young, to let him know that there is a trick. It's called deodorant. You put it in, you put the weed inside of the stick of deodorant. Have you heard of this? No, no. So, okay, so you open, here we go. Okay. So you unscrew the deodorant, pull out the tube of the, like, the stick, and then you put the weed inside, and then you put the deodorant back in. One, the deodorant, like, removes all odor of weed. Right. And the... X-ray, nothing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so like now that. you know. No. If you're ever flying with weed across state lines, Marty's going to Arizona soon, folks, which is definitely still federal crime. I think it's like... No, a, no, 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 it's legal there now. It's, is it? Yeah. So anyway, it used to be a felony in Arizona for a long time, but now you know. Yeah. Now you know. Deodorant. That's the move. I don't know. Was Alex Crusoe on campus at that point? I don't really know what the deal was, but that's such a bad... Whether it was at the airport or not, that's such a bad look to get taken down by your campus police at age 27. <laughs> like like if LSU PD got me, like if I was just back there for like a game, that would be so embarrassing. You're an NBA champion, 27 years old, rocking the headband back on campus, hanging out with the co-eds, smoking some weed in your herb grinder. The shit is sus. 
I tell you what, it's like ninth year senior type behavior. And this dude plays for the L.A. Lakers. I kind of like it. I do like it, but yeah. it's also kind of scuzzy. It's a scuzzy a thing. It's summertime. You're in fucking Texas A&M campus summertime, 27, after getting bounced out of the first round after the year before winning an NBA championship. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, apparently, in the state of Texas, possession of less than two ounces is a Class B misdemeanor. The possession of the drug paraphernalia is a Class C misdemeanor. He can result in a fine of $500, but no jail time. Boy, boy, boy. <laughs> uh, second piece of Laker news. Kyle Kuzma removed Lakers from his IG profile. Man. Also, Mark Spears reports that Kyle Kuzma has been in this L.A. bubble. He's behind LeBron. He's ready for a new start and a bigger opportunity. He's only started 32 games this year. We had a fluff piece about him earlier where I was like, oh, he's embracing this role. Yeah. Role player, fell handy, blah, blah, blah. That was a lie. That was a lie. I got finessed. I got finessed. Kyle Kuzma's trash. I've always thought he stinks. He stinks. He's. It's all about him. I wanted to like him when he changed his hair from Cisco back to a grown man. I wanted to think he had changed things. He's not changed. He's all about Kyle. Kuz. Yeah. Well, I, about him, what I always said, I was like, if he played in Sacramento, no one would know his name. No one. Yeah. <laughs> he is who Lou Williams said, there are guys in the league right now that shouldn't be in the league. That's Kyle Kuzma. That's Kyle Kuzma. He said there's guys overseas that should be in the NBA still, but because of politics and there's guys in the NBA that shouldn't be in the NBA, that's Kyle Kuzma. Uh, hot rumor is, though, that Kuzma Montrezl Harrell on the number 22 pick for Lowry on a sign-in trade. <sighs> I mean, I like it only for the Lakers. I only like well, it yeah. for the Lakers. <laughs> I don't really like it for the Raptors. It does allow Kuz to start, but... I just don't see that working with Nick Nurse. No. Don't see that. No, hate it for the Raptors. Hate it for the Raptors. Also, another news news piece, lost in the hubbub about Ben Simmons, was this piece that went under the radar from Doris Burke. It was on a podcast. And you know, like, when people talk on a podcast, no one fucking really, like, takes notes and transcribes it and puts it out into the ether unless, like, someone flags it. <laughs> this is me right here flagging it. Because I blogged it yesterday, too. Doris Burke just buried Ben Simmons. Yeah. Buried him. She called him, and I've never seen her do this. Like, she's one of the nicest people, one of the most measured journalists I've seen. She called him shattered, simply not good enough, defiant, borderline arrogant, hard to watch, and unconfident. That is a cocktail of slanderous statements. Not untrue, so I guess they're not slanderous. But Jesus Christ, like arrogant, defiant, shattered. What do you think about that, Marty? When Doris Burke is basically putting the nail in your coffin, are you dead? It's a bad person to hear it from. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those people that she doesn't insult people very often. So what she does, yeah. And she was like really, really strong and effusive in the way she said it. She said it like she was in pain saying it. Like <laughs> she's been <laughs> thinking it for a long ass time and she's just like... He anytime anyone asked him whether he was good enough, he just like basically was so defensive and defiant about it that he's not willing to really change, especially given that after that game, he was like, I am who I am. It is what it is. Um, she talked about this. And this is the part she pointed out that I thought was interesting, which was the most she said tough to watch. Apparently her him and Joel were in transition in game seven. 
They're both at half court. They've got pace. All he has to do, in her opinion, is go behind his back, gain a little separation from Joel. If Joel rim runs to the front of the rim, something's going to happen. But instead, Ben's like, yo, you take the ball. You figure out what to do with it. Uh, to a guy that's seven feet tall, 240 pounds, uh, with like very little spacing. And it's like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, yeah. this is your shit. And then she was like, and she said, I was in my hotel and I'm like, oh my God, where have we gotten in terms of where he is mentally? That was really hard to watch. And now she says she's not sure what his real trade value is anymore. And the new news, new, new news is that Rich Paul is out there lying, saying that the Sixers are committed to him for the long term. that's not true we know that's not true no way he said the Sixers remain committed to Ben as a central piece of their franchise I know we're reaching the point of Ben Simmons fatigue I am but like the news just keeps coming out news just keeps coming out Um, Kemba Walker got traded to the OKC Thunder and we didn't really have enough time to talk about it in depth but I want to say I love this for Kemba. I love this for Sam Presti. I think Sam Presti is now going to be like the property brothers. He's like, I take dilapidated properties. I fix them up and I flip them. I take Chris Paul, shine them up, shine them up, ship them out the door. He goes to a contender. I think that's what he's going to do with Kemba. Already we have a league source saying a Kemba Walker trade is already imminent. Holy shit. It is unclear whether the trade wow. will occur before or after the beginning of the 2021-2022 season. Holy fuck, dude. Um, like I said, my suspicion is that they're going to try to get him in L.A. And if OKC can get the number 22 pick and the number 16 pick to rent Kemba for two months, I mean, is that maybe the greatest fleecing you've ever seen in your life? That'd be nice. That'd be a nice pickup. Yeah. <laughs> OKC. <laughs> and they got rid of Horford. You get Right, yeah. You get... 16, 22, you get rid of a bad contract, and all you have to do is rent this guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No one complains about the OKC Thunder. They're just like maybe one of the best respected front offices in the league, no? Yeah, but at the same time, these picks have to cultivate, and they got six last night. So They did. Yep. They did. Um, reminds me to ask a question. Who are the top five executives to you, Marty, and myself? In the NBA, the criteria is they must be an executive like a GM or president of operations, or they can be somebody behind the scenes like Jerry West or Daryl Morey. Okay, well, uh, I mean, you got to put Presti up there right now. Uh, Masai, uh, James Jones is executive of the year, James Jones. Uh, And then, yeah, I'll go Morey (laughs) and uh, who am I rounding out with? Jerry West. Yeah, love that. My top five. Sam Presti, James Jones, Executive of the Year. It's a tough between three and four. I've got Masai. I've got World Wide West and Leon Rose. <laughs> okay, yeah, I wasn't thinking about them. And and five underrated, Travis Schlenk from Atlanta. Okay. Fleecing Bogdan was huge. Yeah. The getting, stealing him from Milwaukee. Milwaukee would love him, I promise you right now. Holy fuck. Yeah. Without Dante DiVincenzo, they would have ran through the nets given the way that Bogdan has been. Also, some of the uh, some of the drafts that he's had, getting DeAndre Hunter was really impressive. Like, no one really had him high. Some people, even in the tournament, didn't know how good DeAndre Hunter was going to translate to the next level. Yeah, it was a bit of a reach. It was a bit of a reach. Like, he was going to go top 10, but yeah. Correct. Uh, underrated, R.C. Buford, Pat Riley, sure. uh, Zach Kleiman from Memphis, Scott Perry from the Knicks. 
I guess you could put him with Worldwide World West and Leon Rose and Troy Weaver from the Pistons stealing fucking Jeremy Grant, making him the centerpiece and still go ahead and getting some pieces that are contributing right away. And they have the number one pick now, which will be really interesting. Um, that's all the time that we have for the This League podcast. Me and Marty next week are going to Phoenix. So we're going to be on the road uh, after Thursday, Friday's episode. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Um, we have This League Playoff merch on sale in the Barstool store. We have Sons in 4 merch, which I have being sent to the Phoenix Airbnb right this second. We will be, I will be wearing it all weekend or week or how long we're there because... I think the Suns are going to be in the finals, obviously. No. Uh, do not forget to follow us on at this league, at Trista Crick on TikTok, on IG. Please follow us on YouTube, on Twitter and Facebook. Don't really care about Facebook that much, but I have to say it. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Monday evening for the next episode of This League. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, 
where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.